Hi, I'm BJ, and this is the Arcane Alienist Podcast. Everybody, welcome to today's episode. Uh, In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about clerics and revisit some ideas I've talked about briefly before in terms of the relationship of clerics to deities, uh, a little bit of how that may play out in, in uh, ultimately how I've, I've had that play out, excuse me, in the mythic world of Erd, my homebrew setting, but some things that may just more broadly apply to D&D. Uh, but before we get into that, I've got a call from Jason Connerly of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast uh, in response to the last episode. So let's hear what Jason has to say. Hey, BJ, really enjoy your latest episode. Um, obviously, you should do whatever feels right for you and your, your group in the Mystic World of Erd. Uh, going on to the next adventure, though, a, a BX, you know, an expert-level adventure, would be kind of interesting. It'd be, it'd be neat to see if you can play through a number of these, right? And, and get them to that mythic high-level place that you hear a lot of people saying, we never get above fifth level. It'd be neat to hear that, the idea of them actually getting to high level and playing some high level TSR ventures. So, but either way, keep up the great work. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Jason. I, th- I think that is my intention to try to, uh, I don't know if I want to do like Isle of Dread or Castle Amber or another expert le- level module, but try to adapt it um, for the next phase after they get, they get through this last little segment based on into the, uh, in search of the unknown. Um, I think either would be fun, uh, you know, Isle of Dread, you get into a little more hex crawl uh, stuff that that, uh, that the expert level set is really geared for. But man, Castle Amber makes for a pretty neat, strange kind of dungeon crawl in and of itself, <laughs> along with sort of a, a transition to more of a city-based, um, you know, I don't know, it's not necessarily a city-based adventure but but you'd have to get into a place where there would be chateaus and more civilizations to the out in the wilderness where they are now um but yeah that would be cool to do a, at least a a couple of expert level modules and see how far, far we can get up the, the scale in terms of character level as long as people are still interested in having a good time so uh stay tuned and i'll keep you posted on how it's going as things unfold as always i appreciate calls from uh, from jason and you guys, be sure to check out his podcast, the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, also available here on Anchor, and find podcatchers everywhere. Okay, now let's get to the main topic. So I was recently listening to uh, a podcast where the the host was fielding questions. Unfortunately, I can't link to it. It's a Patreon uh, level podcast for web DM. So, but I can't explain sort of the, the comment Jim Davis made, uh, in, in response to a, a listener question. Uh, they were talking about the role of clerics. He's recently done one on clerics. You can find that YouTube video on, on web DMs, uh, YouTube, uh, channel. But, uh, in response to some questions prompted by that, he had noted how clerics as they're designed by default, going back to the earliest days of D&D, don't fit well in the kinds of worlds we build for D&D, where we tend to build uh, polytheistic, pantheistic worlds, lots of different gods, but we mold them oftentimes in the, the, the mold of, of sort of the pagan gods of, of, of old European cultures, 
where this is the God of storms and this is the God of the sea and this is the God of the sun. Uh, and those gods don't, the relationship between humans and those gods is very different than our modern Western uh, biblical based religions handle the relationship between humanity and God. Uh, and so, so the God of, uh, a, you know, a, a typical polytheistic uh, God of the sky, well, he, that God doesn't need people. That God is the sky. The sky exists whether people like it or not. It just is what it is. And it doesn't necessarily crave any kind of personal, meaningful, caring relationship with humanity. Uh, and the idea, you know, these, these ancient pagan religions are based around trying to contact and appease the gods because they represent the forces of the, of the world that to which we are powerless. And so, yeah, that relationship is very transactional in that, well, if we make the proper, if we honor you and sing your praises and make the proper sacrifices and offerings, maybe you'll, you'll send us enough rain that our crops grow and we have food to drink, or food to drink, water to drink, food to eat, enough water to drink, you're not going to send so, send so little that we have a drought, but you're not going to send so much that you flood out our entire community and destroy our homes and drown the livestock and ruin all the crops. We, we pray and we make sacrifices and offerings for that proper balance. That's a very, um, you know, you know, ancient pagan way of viewing uh, this transactional relationship between humanity and, and the divine. And that, you know, there was no, there was really no, salvation of souls or or uh even for a lot of those ancient religions any any concept of rewards in the afterlife the afterlife was just the afterlife you know um and that, of course I'm, I'm speaking in broad brushes there 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 are probably exceptions to that rule but but the, these these ancient gods which we tend to create our dnd pantheons around either directly or or model them after them that was the kind of relationship they had with with with, with humans um Versus the cleric, as it was originally created for original D&D, seems to be very much a medieval, uh, something like a knight templar, a combination of being both a priest and a monk and a soldier and a warrior. Uh, the, the original trappings of, of, of clerics in D&D were very, very much medieval Christian. Um, the, uh, the spells original list of cleric spells are all based on works of wonder and miracles from the Bible. Uh, in fact, there wasn't a generic holy symbol in the original Chris, uh, equipment list for, for a cleric to use. It was, it was a cross or a crucifix uh, to, to use for casting spells and turning undead and the like. So, you know, so a little bit of, of pulling in from, from horror movies and horror fiction, the ability of, of the, the priest to um invoke divine power to, to turn undead and, and, and unholy creatures. Uh, but then also much more beyond that, again, kind of molded in the, in the, the likes of, of a knight Templar or, or a knight uh, hospitaler or something like that, which implies without other comment, the idea of a large, fairly uniform, organized religion, like you might see in the middle ages in Europe course that christianity wasn't the only religion in the middle ages you, you had uh, pockets of ancient pagan religions that still held on for for quite some time in different parts of europe there were there were other religious minorities in europe you know you know uh, muslims and, and jews as well but by and large the, the dominant driving force of organized religion that would have these big orders and 
you would have a, you know, a brotherhood or a, or a sisterhood or a, a temple full of, of uh, priests organized uh, together, like you would think you would see with clerical orders in D&D. That implies something not unlike the Catholic Church or the Eastern Orthodox Church uh, in Eastern Europe throughout the Middle Ages. Uh, but then you're, at, you're kind of trying to plug that type of character archetype oftentimes into a world that's built with uh, not only multiple gods, but, but multiple gods that often work at cross purposes and have, we, they get a tr- assigned more human, human-like um, alignments. And, you know, does the sky really have an alignment? Does weather really have an alignment? Does the sea really have an alignment? I mean, I guess, I guess in the myth, certain gods are assigned certain personalities um, or, or have certain traits attributed to him. So, so maybe so, but uh, again, just trying to, to 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 put a human ethos like we would normally want to put as, as a relatable point for people playing the game today into clerics and paladins and and, and other things like that, um, related to how these ancient gods are uh, are are conceived of. Again, it's not that. You know, you know, in modern religion or, or, or medieval religion, I guess, when we're talking about Western religion, particularly the, the in particularly in that um, Abrahamic religions based on, on, on the Bible, the Old Testament, the, the New Testament, the Quran, the, the Torah, whichever version of that you, you choose. Priests and clergy are uh, are um, still fill that role of sort of they 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 petition and pray for the people to God. But they're also sort of uh, servants of God, you know. You know they they follow strict commandments of God with the, the role they play to to uh, express God's will to the community, to the people that that, that that they serve. You know, in the ancient world, a lot of the role of the the of priests were really as the people's representative to the God again to do those to appeal to that God for, for blessings or safety or things, again, in a much more transactional way. And again, I'm, I'm speaking with very broad brushes. I know there are probably lots of exa- examples and ways you can point out that it isn't quite that strictly that way. Um, so one of the interesting things that, that came out of, of sort of listening to, to that podcast, though, is also a reference to Delta's D&D hotspot. hotspot. I will put a, a link to that in the show description. Uh, where the author of this particular blog has his own set of house rules for original D&D, where he just strips clerics out. Yeah, they're just not there. He makes healing potions more widely and readily available to, to make up for the fact that there are no clerics. Uh, and he gives a number of interesting reasons why clerics don't really fit in the world building we tend to do for D&D and how the game runs differently without them, uh, as long as you can, can account for the... Uh, the uh, loss of that healing resource, and uh, apparently he and his his home group have been doing. I mean, this this uh, this is not a brand new blog post. This is stuff that this guy's been doing for several years now. Um, but how, anyway, he goes on to comment about why why he put a lot of thought into this, why he ultimately pulled clerics out of his game home game, and how things have kind of worked fine without them, with with a few adjustments. Uh, so I'll put a link to that. What that brings me to is where I'm at with, with world building in the mythic world of Erd. Uh, and I, I've, I've discussed this topic before, but I don't think I've 
maybe quite framed it in this this way. What, what happens in the mythic world of Ur is there are gods, and they do very much represent what gods, uh, ancient mythic gods, at least in Western culture primarily, uh, the, the Greek gods, um, the, the Egyptian gods, you know, those ancient uh, Mediterranean and Near Eastern gods would represent our facets, primarily facets of nature. Um, at least the first generation, the, the Titans would have. Um, and so that they, the world continues to exist and resist entropy and to continue to be ordered and, and remain structured and, and have its integrity because of what these gods do. And they do not have time to trifle with, with tiny mortals. <laughs> In fact, drawing the attention of a god is probably maybe not the, the best idea uh, because you might irritate them or they might just use you as a tool to an end and, and because they have bigger things to worry about than you and your feelings and your petty little problems as, as, a, as a person. Um, well, then what are you left with? How do you have to then redefine clerics in an in a, in a old school essentials game where, where clerics, yeah, we've got the potential for druids in there if you add the advanced thing. But so far the world we've just created and encountered, have only we've only had clerics uh, and, and one paladin. Um, what do you do? Well, that's where I came up with the idea. Well, we have these these saints, and you know the gods are so focused on um, maintaining the structural integrity of the universe, so that it doesn't just fall apart from entropy. Um, and I, I wonder about introducing an element of maybe there's a reason. Maybe the original plan was for the gods to have a much more personal, direct relationship with people, but something went wrong. I haven't gotten to where I decided that yet. I'm still world building. Um, but for whatever reason, the gods are very distant and uninvolved, and so you have saints. These are just uh, mortal, very virtuous and, and heroic mortals who reach back from from the afterlife and, and contact people living today and, and, and channel to them um, a little bit of that uh, divine power for protection and healing and safety and the kinds of things that the clerics do, particularly in old school gaming. Uh, so that's how I got a, a arrived at that. If, if you look at, and where I draw some of my inspiration for that a little bit is, uh, if you look at places where it took a long time for, for Christianity to take roots in Europe and even in, and in other parts of the world, you can still see this today in certain parts of the world, you have what has sometimes been called double belief, where the people do adopt Christianity, and, and they're there, but at the same time, they hold on to some folkloric beliefs about uh, the spirits or the, the natural spirits or the or the tutelary or or um, genius of, genius of certain locations. And they uh, they still, you know, I can't remember what it was a few years ago. Like I don't, know, the majority of people in Iceland still believe in. Uh, I'm drawing a blade. They tomp these the little things that are somewhat like brownies or, or gnomes in, 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 in Icelandic folklore. Uh, the, the, it's a Christian, well, anymore, it's more like more of a secular nation, but, but people, if people are going to have a, a religion, it's going to be Christianity. But e even among the Christians in Iceland, there's still this belief that these little, these little, these little elf or gnome-like creatures still exist. Um, I know growing up in Oklahoma, uh, as, as part of, uh, native families and communities, um, you know, people are just, you know, very devout. Every Sunday they're in church, <laughs> but they still hold on to some folklore beliefs about about some of the spirits from from traditional 
the Cherokee and Choctaw and Chickasaw um, folklore. Uh, you know, little people and the, the deer lady and various other types of uh, uh, you know spirits that, that predate the, the the exposure to Christian beliefs. So I, I kind of took that those things. You, you know, you, it took them a long time, and people continued to. Thor was so popular; it took a long time to get people to quit <laughs> uh, believing in Thor in in, in the, the Scandinavian world back as as Christianity was expanding through Europe. So you can see examples of this uh, the world over. When, when a new religion comes in and establish and begin to take over, people still retain some of their old uh, spiritual and, and religious beliefs in, in other forms uh, and, and are sometimes remiss to let go of that worldview even as a new religious set of uh, beliefs is, is coming in and, and taking hold. So that's kind of what I was thinking of with the mythic world of Erd. Rather than abandon the cleric, because it doesn't make sense for the gods of a D&D world is to put something else in there that would allow the gods to be what we kind of want gods to be in, in a setting like this and allow clerics to still kind of be what they've always been. And so we have these saints that are kind of, some, they're not the gods, but, but they're, they're, they're somehow, um, you know, you can, you can uh, devote yourself to the ideals of a saint and that saint will then grant you spells and the ability to turn undead and things like that. Um, Again, the mythic world of Erd is an ever-evolving, it's not like I have a, some sort of setting Bible that we all have to, to follow, no pun intended, <laughs> that we all have to uh, follow. It, you know, the world is still being kind of conceived and created and expanded as we play. Um, but that was just some thoughts I had about sort of the role of, of clerics in relationship to to saints versus gods and, and, and how I've tried to address that mismatch. I'm really interested to hear what other people think about um, about that, you know, about how we have, um, you know, again, I mean, clerics, if you just kind of use the bog standard cleric as it's, as it's sort of originally conceived back to the beginning of D&D, how well does that fit with a, a polytheistic world? Um, you know, the, the, it's not that the, there is no, no analogy for that in medieval Europe. Of course, you had the time where there were schisms between, uh, I guess it's more the ancient world um, moving into the medieval world, but of course the schism between you know, the, the, the Eastern and Western church, which now gives, that's why we have the Eastern Orthodox church and the Roman Catholic church. You had a period of the two popes where there was two, two, two people claiming to be the Pope, the legitimate Pope, uh, one in, in Rome and one in France. And, and, you know, I'm the Pope, this other guy's a heretic. Uh, and then at times different, you know, groups within the Catholic church, different groups of monks coming at, at, at a clash over, um, you know, you know, whether it's if you look at the name of the rose, I know that's a fictional story, but but there there's part of the backdrop is a clash between sort of Benedictine and, and Franciscan uh, approaches to to things. Um, but in all those cases, people aren't arguing over which religion they all belong to. They're arguing over the correct interpretation and practice of that religion, which is a little different than saying, well. Over there is the temple to the god of the sky, and then around the corner is the temple to the god of war, and then down by the docks we have a temple to the god of the sea, and those are completely different religions. And well, who do we, who do we pray to? Who do we, who do who do we devote ourselves to? And of course, in a polytheistic world, other than the mystery cults uh, that, that might be devoted to, which are sort of semi-secret societies devoted to one of these gods, the answer is well, all of them. Well, you know. It depends on what we're doing today. Are we about to go on a sea voyage? Are we about to go try to bring in fish? You know, or is, is this a fishing community? Well, 
Here, the gods of the sea and the gods of storms, these are the people we need, need to appeal. Are we gearing up for war against, you know, an, a, a rival city-state, you know, on the other side of the mountains there? Then we're praying and sacrificing to the god of, the, god of war. It depends on what we're about to, uh, activity we're about to engage in. And so it really is sort of a polytheistic uh, approach to religion versus, well, we're all just devoted to this one god. I mean, even I think in the ancient world, where a city might be particularly devoted, like Athens, you know, where Athena is the patron saint of, or the patron, the patron deity of Athens. It's not like the Athenians never honored Zeus or Hera or uh, Poseidon or any of the other Olympians. Um, they, they, had, they had one deity that was more the protector of the city, but they needed those other gods to kind of intervene for them in other facets of life and in other endeavors. So uh, anyway, I think that's about it for for that discussion. Um, but yeah, give me a call, let me or a, or a message. Let me know. I've set up a speak pipe, which is new, so you can you can either send me a message directly through the Anchor webpage. You can send me one through Speak Pipe. You can email me a, either a voice an audio file, and I'll I'll plug it into the podcast. Or if you just want to send me an email, I'll just, I'll just read the email. But I would love to hear other people's uh, comments, questions, thoughts, and ideas on this particular topic. Um, so that'll do it for now. Wherever you're listening from out there, I hope you're doing well. Take care of yourselves, and I'll be back in the future. Thanks for listening to the Arcane Alienist podcast. The music you're hearing is Come and Get It by Scott Holmes Music. The cover art is by Dave Bone. Be sure to check out his stuff at ironseer.com. You can leave me a message to the Anchor website or through SpeakPipe. I have my SpeakPipe account linked to the show description. You can also send me an email at arcane.alienist at gmail.com. Just embed a voice memo, or I'll just read the text to your email uh, during a future episode. Once again, thanks so much for listening.